Dark Souls. It's a game. But it's a it's more than a game, it's a state of mind. It's a state of being. I've heard that. It is, as we've discussed on previous episodes, the sound of perseverance. Mm. That goes to uh, that goes to uh, of course Chuck Schuldiner of Death. He is the guy that really sort of emulated that sound sonically. But what in terms of Ludo narrative? How can we really capture the element of perseverance through gameplay? And this is what Dark Souls comes to answer. This is what I've been discovering these past two weeks. You've just been, been uh, playing. playing Dark Souls nonstop? Yeah, I've been just playing Dark Souls nonstop. I finally got into it. I'm a Dark Souls guy now. I'm a Dark Souls cultist. Yeah, you know, every so often I hear... Uh hear about uh, someone getting really into Dark Souls and it's kind of you know transcendental because you're just dying and dying and dying um, exactly you're you, perfectly capturing it but do you feel that you've uh, missed out at all without with is there still the online element or did that come in later oh yeah there's still the I'm playing the remastered version on Switch and there's tons huh. of players for that so huh. uh, yeah there's always a player base somewhere it's that popular of a game it's that culty of a game wow well, because you know, once you get into it, it's famous for having just this incredibly unfun difficulty curve. And right. I'm talking about just the first Dark Souls game. I've only played the first Dark Souls game. Uh, there's many others in the series. I now want to play them all. I'm totally hooked. I think it's amazing. I think what it does, what it conveys. Uh, I haven't really felt, haven't felt this crazy about a video game in a while. I have, a video game hasn't made me feel things. As Dark Souls has in a while, which is why I'm proselytizing about it. Well, it's available on a computer and on a Switch and yeah. on a PlayStation, and probably mm -hmm. on an Xbox mm -hmm. by now. Probably but, on an Xbox. Yeah, it should get. I don't know if it's on the. I don't know if it's on this Xbox. Go buy Xbox. video game console. Consume. 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 Just consume. Let it uh, render your soul. But in terms of like a piece of art, in terms of just like a beautiful thing, it and it is beautiful. That is uh, something that I would describe as Dark Souls. Like there's so much attention paid to the architecture of each location. It's meticulously researched based off of old yeah. European designs. Sounds like Dark Souls. It is Dark Souls. It's absolutely dark. There's plenty of dorkiness in it. But if you're a fan of Baroque architecture, if you like cathedrals and flying buttresses, you know, there's a lot to offer no, there. just play Assassin's Creed, do mission, collect gold. That's true. Do side quests. You can quest. also do Assassin's Creed. But yeah. Dark Souls is, yeah, it has this incredibly melancholic overtone. Everything you do is essentially futile. Uh, but then your only hope is uh, burning yourself alive in the end in order to start the new age of fire. Did you just give spoilers? And you're spoilers? in this dying world. Is that spoilers? Uh, who cares? It's, it's fucking 10 years old. That's who gives a shit? Hey, Everything is spoilers. I haven't played it. No spoilers, please. I mean, the plot is like... <laughs> actually, no, I shouldn't say that. The plot is fucking good, too. Like, the whole deep lore of it and, you know, the, the reason why you're doing these things... Uh, is because you're in this dying world where the only thing that keeps things separated is this, you know, spiritual entity embodied by fire, right? Mm. So day and night are separated, life and death are separated, future and past are separated. But as this fire dies out, things become weird. Things start melding together. Life and death start to lose their meaning and future and past start to lose their meaning, which is why you're undead and you keep coming back. 
So, like, the internal lore of the universe justifies the game mechanics, which is, I always think that's fun, when they, like, explain in-game why you keep reviving. Are you playing it on, like, a TV or just on the Switch handheld? No, I was playing it on my big projector at night. Wow, lot, big projector. Nice. The resolution... It's my big projector. Switch to big projector, the resolution must be just amazing. It's beautiful. It looks like a Monet painting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a wonderful game. It has... Uh, just just wonderful looking even though it's old and some of the textures are clunky looking especially like on the on a switch board it um just so much attention to detail it's it's beautiful well i was thinking about uh reactionary entomologists okay what about what about reactionary entomologists just getting really mad about being told they need to decolonize their ant colonies i <laughs> uh, yeah i like the idea of like uh i like the idea of woke ants saying decolonize this place yeah this be a good gary larson it wouldn't be a good i don't think did gary larson have any uh like politics um, he was generally like environmentalist and seemed anti-authoritarian i suppose but yeah. i don't remember any like Overtly, think, the Republicans. No, he's, he's anti. He's like a um, definitely environmentalist, anti-human in general. Yeah, humans are stupid. Watch them get killed by cows, murderous cows. <laughs> there is a shit ton of politics in Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes is overtly anti-capitalist. Yes, a lot of. Um, I think uh, it's in one part. It's revealed that Calvin's dad has. Capital by Marx on on the bookshelf somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, Calvin's dad is actually an Antifa member. Um, probably not. I think I don't think Calvin. I don't think it go. It's as extreme as uh, today's today's. No, youth. you don't. You don't remember Black Block Calvin? No, you I don't remember his 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 Antifa character that he would cosplay as. I mean, and then Susie the Lib would you know yeah. be like Calvin. You're not, you're not convincing anyone with violent tactics. And then he threw a fucking brick in her face. Well, and then he did, Hobbes is he like, did you won't get any smooches yeah. like that, Susie. He did throw the... Calvin does uh, keep a snowball in his freezer until, like, next August. And then on the first day of class, brings it in in a thermos. And then it's like, yeah. nobody expects a snowball fight in the cafeteria right. in August. Then he throws it at Andy Ngo. And Andy Ngo goes to the hospital. <laughs> Uh, there have been more riots and protests, and the new thing is attacking people sitting outside of restaurants, which I think is not a good look, but pretty fun to watch. Oh, you're referring to that one clip where the people are saying, like, Black Lives Matter. No, or we'll no, no, no. There's a new, there's out of Rochester, there's been some new clips of uh, Black Lives Matter protesters just like overturning tables and chairs. Of, at people at restaurants and making the people at restaurants are fleeing in in uh, in uh, in fear, um, eh, helping them dine and dash probably. I don't care. I don't care what these. Is it like uh, what are what is the what is the point of this? What are they trying to do? Oh, well, I, I mean the point. I don't know. They. I think it's been done before. Like. As an as a protest tactic, they've 
you know, protesters sometimes go and uh, not they're not attacking anybody. They're just making it so uncomfortable people have to leave like public places, like outside yeah. cafes and such where people are sitting mm-hmm. and having food. It you know, Trump retweeted it today. It it makes it makes the <laughs> it makes the conservatives quake in their boots because they're like, oh no, I want to go and sit at a restaurant. And, I don't want to be disruptive. Yeah, Rochester. Get a garbage plate in Rochester. Uh, don't get one outside. You'll be freaking. I I guess. Uh, can you can you attribute it to BLM? That's the issue with like saying that yes. the Black Lives yes, Matter. Yes, you protesters. can because they had a giant Black Lives Matter flag that. They... <laughs> but it's like, is is there an actual? There's an actual Black Lives Matter organization. That's the weird thing. Sort is of. like Black Lives Matter is an organization, but it's also like a slogan. Well, so it's yeah. It's, I mean, they don't have a. It's not a hierarchical, but I mean, these this particular protest was a Black Lives Matter protest. No, yeah. um, I think that's the issue with like the the other issue with non hierarchical structures is that you have to own everything that everybody does as part of your movement, um, because you know, the idea of that is you're part of a radical democracy where everyone has some sort of semblance of decision-making power or at least you delegate yeah. it to people well, in just, different municipalities i just started a new book uh called washington's crossing about general washington and in in the first chapter it talks about how he coming from hierarchical virginia is put in command of a very non-hierarchical yankee army and the mm. um big differences and adjustments that they both had to come to for him to sort of command a radical army of you know where like the army had to come to terms with the fact that they can't be commanded by via a town meeting they'd have to have a hierarchy and washington had Mm -hmm. to come to terms with the fact that people below him would like disagree with his orders it's interesting um, if there's if these people are serious about a revolution, then they will need some form of hierarchy. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, has there ever been a? I think you could say the Viet Cong are a good example of, but they were they weren't like trying to revolutionize the country. They were just resisting an invading force, uh, an invading force that uh, was ill prepared for the. So, no, that's not analogous at all. Forget I said anything. Well, forget uh, I said anything. It's interesting you bring it up because Ho Chi Minh uh, (coughs) looked up to Washington. And Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about how most successful revolutions have used the American Revolution as a model. And Uh, so, uh, you know, the fact that we've canceled the founding fathers will not bode well for. For any any revolutionaries out there, it's okay. You can cancel the founding fathers for being fucking slave owners, and also acknowledge that oh, they were good generals, like Washington. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the reason why he was respected is because he knew his war tactics better than everyone else. Well, right? I have no idea. I don't. I'm not a historian. You're reading the fucking Washington yeah, book. Well, I'm reading it, uh, so I'll let you know. But he also owned fucking slaves, so it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking weird. Well. It's just you say it's fucking weird. Wasn't weird for the time. Well, no, it wasn't was weird wrong. for the time. It was definitely I, I, wrong. I mean. Yeah, I, I think that's, even if it wasn't weird for the time, the fact that you see big-ass public monuments to people 
that very well thought your ancestors were subhuman, you know? It's sort of fucking weird. And maybe it's okay. It's okay to not venerate the past in an attempt to understand it better. Because even, you know, having a big public monument to a guy is a political statement. It is saying that this person is unabashedly a representation of the entire populace of this country. Mm -hmm. And it, it represents something good and something that we should strive for in society. Which I think is why the statue argument, you know, holds water, right? You know? I, well, I disagree, but that is what you think. Well, yeah, come on. <laughs> come at me with your disagreement. Come at me with your statue disagreement. Um, are there any historical figures who are entirely good people? Are there any good, you know, people who are blameless entirely? No, but... The, Should yeah, we have any is... monuments at all? That is the that is a question. I think that is a general question is should we depict people as being cuz when you depict someone as a statue it's all about veneration. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about uncritical veneration, really. You know, there's no like if it weren't, you know, you'd have statues of Hitler everywhere. You know, if it were all about history, you'd have big Hitler statues. Who is that man? Oh, he did a very bad thing. Right. It's not. I don't. Well, that's the thing is, I don't think it's about veneration of the individual necessarily, but of the ideas that he represents. I hope it's for that. But I think in reality, I don't think you can argue. That. I think it's about uh, putting forth, you know, this great man idea of history uh, because, uh, I mean, which is a popular idea. Who was the philosopher who was, like, big into the great man idea of history? I forget his name. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that Howard Zinn is attributed yeah, with... Yeah, he's the opposite. Yeah. ...single-handedly tearing it down, which I will hope to one day refute. But I have to, <laughs> I have to read Howard Zinn first, so it's on the, it's on the way. It's Jeff, on the list. Jeff Bezos, is, Jeff Bezos is going to hand deliver it to me with a, with an ardent plea for please, please, tear this man yeah. down to size. Let the great yeah. men once again determine the path of history. Well, yeah, it's uh, a blend. It's a blend of both. You have great men commanding other men. Um, you know. There's only a couple of times where, you know, Robert E. Lee wanted to lead men directly into battle, and both times his men had to be like, General Lee, go back, go back. What are you doing? What the what the f are you doing? Get out of here! And he obeyed them in in those instances. Mm, in, in, fucking Robert E. Lee, interesting fucking bullshit guy. Mm. Fucking beardo cum boy. Okay. Fucking beardo slavery cum boy. Okay. This is now about all Robert E. Lee bashing. <laughs> I mean, he was a pretty good general. Yeah, he was a pretty good. Washington, good general, slave owner. Lots of good generals are bad people. <laughs> well, I think all people are bad people. You're right. We should start from there. So, hence, no statues. Eh, I would, no, Unless why not? Everyone starts at the assumption that all people <laughs> yeah, are bad people, that, which people don't think. Well, that people, most people think they're good people. Well, that's wrong, and that's I know only they're a, wrong. It's only a recent development, which is why we have a bunch of people who think they're good people saying we have to take down the statues. It's like, no, surprise, we're all, we're all bad and we're all sinners. Yeah. But some this of us. This is a Calvinist podcast, right? So, we've <laughs> said before, this is a neo-Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes, right? We're bringing it back. That's what it was all about. 
But there are it's some people that... who, who were a little bit less bad, and we have the statues of them. Because the thing about it, if we're going to have statues of anyone from that era, we should have the statues of people who were less bad than their peers, which is why we have a statue of Washington. Um, yeah, but why are there not more, like, Thomas Paine statues? Because he's... I don't know. Because he, he didn't own no <laughs> slaves. The but he's point, the guy that wrote Common Sense. The point he was, he was of an Washington is that he was less bad than the people around him, which is why we have... Because it's, it's... But they're Jefferson monuments, and Jefferson yeah, was, like, one it, of the worst. No, he wasn't. He was one of the greatest. And so... Okay. The, 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 the reason we have these statues is reminding us that it's... We're trying to be less bad and it's showing evidence of the fact that it's possible Mm -hmm. but what about the founding mothers (laughs) no but uh also i think that argument is good if it were more about you know depicting them as human maybe if they were human sized or something but i think (laughs) depicting them as like gigantic larger than life figures you know sort of goes in step with America's general Roman uh, obsession. You know, the fact that there are big white columns everywhere, they're housed in Acropolises, you know, they're larger-than-life figures. It, it it does speak of a very uh, empire-like uh, obsession with venerating the past as if they were gods. I, I don't think it's necessarily realistic to say that it's all about um, you know, remembering the past and how we can do better and how these people did better. Because I think what a lot of people interpret it as is these guys had it right. Let's stick by their moral standard forever. Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't think that that's that's only what people think if that's what they're taught. Um, and if, yeah. And if they're taught that, then that, that's being taught the wrong way. So I I would agree, but I think that's what most people are taught. I think especially with in regard to, you know, how you're supposed to interpret public works or money given to public art. This is here because it represents something uh, important, not just important, but good, something to strive for. Uh, You know, I guess there are, you know, Holocaust memorials or Vietnam memorials, but that shit's usually pretty somber. Yeah, well, there's it's not like Diego it's not Rivera a big murals. guy on a horse or something like that. Should, should we allow Diego Rivera murals? Uh, yeah, because they're cool. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Any public art at all, it might be too inflaming to the senses. There you go. But, you know, there's a difference between what Diego Rivera did and, you know, people having to live with reality that the founding of their country is by these people that own slaves. You know, it's even if they were more progressive, that's still hard to reconcile. You know, I, I don't I mean, I don't really know that. Um, I know that it's progressed to the point where the town of Monroe, Michigan, is debating whether or not to remove a statue of Custer who was a that is pretty custer's pretty bad no no oh no he's not he's extremely heroic for the fighting for the fighting for the union in the civil war and that's why there's a monument but he was also a slaughterer of uh of uh indigenous people right a massive so he did good and bad things and he was also slaughtered by in turn yes which is was cool uh i guess 
because they're the or 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 it's it's just you know another aspect of our history and we have monuments to people who've done good and bad things Mm -hmm. what is like it's not that it's i think it'd be okay to have a monument to custer but it's sort of like depicting them in that way i think there is a way to have public monuments like the vietnam war memorial is sort of like a perfect example where uh I think the person who submitted that was an art student, I want to say at Harvard or somewhere, and, like, it was really somber and dark. You know, initially they wanted, like, big Iwo Jima war statues, but if you've been to the Vietnam War Memorial, it's just this black granite block, and it really depicts, you know, the the somberness of, of what a war memorial should be. Whereas if you go to, like, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, it's like a big soldier guy, and it's all about the glory of war and the glory of man. So I think in public works is a way to distribute propaganda about stuff. And I think that's what's sort of subversive about the Vietnam War Memorial, is it's like this thing funded by government money that tacitly admits that this thing was, like, this total horrifying fuck-up, and there was no joy... Or glory in it. I think there were, um, it was a pretty controversial at the time. I think. Yeah, I remember it's reading. It's no longer. It's now seen as beautiful. Yeah. It's now seen as like a canonical piece of. But I think that is like, in terms of like public art, I think that's sort of a better direction to go than big old statues, which is sort of like this holdover from more eras obsessed with imperialism and the veneration of great men i think yeah because the the communists didn't do that either right no they did of course and that was giant ass statues of lenin everywhere i know it's weird it's super fucking weird i'm saying those giant ass lenin statues are also bad Mm. uh because it prevents it creates bias automatically when you have a big giant man it's sort of impedes your idea to think critically about that figure without thinking them as larger than life i just i just like a nice obelisk with a couple of domes next to it yeah exactly you know what i mean just a nice obelisk and a couple of domes exactly shapes and plaques (laughs) let's stick to shapes and plaques okay just no more dudes just two half domes and a big obelisk coming in between them you can have text (laughs) you can talk about them Although I heard another, I was talking about this subject with other people and said, and they said, look, what if we had like, because in Canada, the guy who they're mad about the statues are, is John A. McDonald. Yeah. Because yeah. he was, well, the funny thing about John A. McDonald is even for his time, he was extremely hate, uh, hateful of indigenous people. Like you can't use the argument like for, oh, for his time. No, John A. McDonald for his time was crazy about killing indigenous people. Uh, or if not killing them, running so roughshod over their rights as the killing would be incidental to anything, any policy that he would commit to. Famously hanging Louis Riel, who fought for those rights, and is now recognized as somewhat of a hero, who there's also big statues to, but there probably shouldn't be statues to anybody. We're talking shapes and plaques. Just Jimi Hendrix, man. Just Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, man. <laughs> Just only statues of Jimi Hendrix. Or like I, you know what I like? Only statues of fictional characters. I think there should only be big statues of fictional characters, because mm. you can really control the narrative. Oh, well, of those great. Fictional well, that's characters. great. Then, then we can have statues of Washington and and. Uh, because, oh, you're ah. There you go. Because we, he really okay. was Adam Weishaupt. <laughs> it's gonna be a statue of Jefferson, but just David Diggs from Hamilton. No, it's no, it's because <laughs> Washington was really a man named Adam Weishaupt who founded the Illuminati. There you go. 
What? Is that a theory? Is that an actual theory that Washington was secretly Jewish? What? Oh my, you don't know this theory? That, no, it's no, the, it's the, no, wa- tell me. I Washington think that's very is, funny. Washington is, the, the man Washington is actually a, a man called Adam Weishaupt who founded the Illuminati. He's not Jewish, he's uh, German. Maybe he's Jewish, I don't know. But um, it's a very common theory for the Illuminati people. Uh, Adam Weishaupt was a Freemason who founded the Illuminati, Bavarian. <laughs> Um, Adam Weishaupt. Uh, That's yeah. am- I haven't heard that before. Oh boy. That's very funny. Oh boy, you gotta check. Adam it out. Weishaupt. Hello, I I am secretly puppeteering, and so it's a very Jewy name. Okay, it's like they decided he's... on the most. <laughs> he's Bavarian. I. He's... Oh, he's Bavarian. Yeah, he's not Jewish. He was. He oh, was... that's weird. He was a uh, um, Protestant. Oh, okay. Adam Weishaupt. Yeah, actually, I think okay. he may have even been Catholics. Catholic. But yeah, he no, he started the Illuminati. He founded the Order of the Illuminati. There you go. That's great. And so there was no. That's that's always my whenever I uh, my deflection for arguments about Washington is is going to, from now on going to be like, oh, you mean Adam Weishaupt? Oh, oh you mean Adam Weishaupt? Because <laughs> yeah. you mean the Illuminati? No, yeah. but you know, I would never deny. Let's get back to Washington. Getting back to Washington, I would, yeah, I think Washington, you're absolutely correct. He was a better dude than a lot of the dudes at the time, especially, like, people forget, you know, the varying opinions of the 13 colonies. He was a better dude compared to John Adams. He was a better dude than any of the fucking uh, North Carolina dudes. You know, he was a fucking, yeah. And, but, yeah, portraying him as a big giant guy, Washington, Washington... 12 feet tall made of radiation he's coming he's coming he's coming for you i think i that is where my beef is. i think um the depiction of people does have an effect on the public consciousness and perception of that person and uh especially when we're using public money to fund it i mean if you have like so if you own a building or if you have like private land, go ahead, put up your statue of Washington. Is what I'm saying. Mm, okay, I mean, I I just disagree with that. That's, you know, the point of government is to instill a, a set of values, and doing it through symbolism and monuments is part to that. Part of that. So, but why can't we do it through abstract monuments? <laughs> Because uh, obelisks, obelisks, uh, that kind of that. I mean, yeah, we we have, this, you know, the CIA funded modern art and cre- mostly created it. That is true. They <laughs> so yeah, threw, they tried that. to hypernormalize everything. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we can make art better than the Soviets can. They don't. They and can't Adorno even... and the Frankfurt School fell for it. They were appreciating <laughs> modern art. Yeah, more like the Frankfurt School. Yeah. Nice. Was Schoenberg, is that music apolitical even? Would you call it apolitical? I don't know. What is, is your dog thumping his tail on something? No, someone's hammering something in the apartment next door. Tell him to shut it's the very fuck irritating. up. Tell him I'll to shut, shut the I'll, fuck I'll up. hit the wall with a broom. Uh, is Schoenberg political? I don't know. I was, there some people arguing on Twitter like, everything that's political. Can't. Well, everything is political, everything. but some things are more all explicitly... Art. All art is uh, political. I'm trying to think of, like... There there aren't a lot of composers that have, like, overt... Insert overt leftism into their music. Uh, 
there's not even modern composers that I can think of. But uh, <laughs> well, I see yeah, that Wagner is quite right wing, yeah. even in the content of the of like the lyric, the lyrical content of the operas. I'm saying that like a right wing. The stance. Nazi Party labeled Schoenberg as degenerate. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he cool. was Jewish. Uh, it's it is. I would say that. Uh, yeah, that's the thing about uh, modern art is that Nazis hate it. The fash hates it. <laughs> yeah, but they do. neoliberal capitalism loves it. Yeah. Uh, because it is like the best way to commodify dissent. Did you see Marianne, saying, Marianne Williamson today was like, yes, neoliberalism sucks. It's terrible. I hate it, but it is not fascism. And people go nuts in her uh, in the replies, which is directly what we're talking about. And it's very interesting because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like modern art. I like uh, I like um, Jackson Pollock. Yeah. I kind of I like him Kandinsky. even more. I, I love I, kind of, I love all that shit. I kind of yeah. like Jackson Pollock more, knowing that the CIA was like you know <laughs> yeah. paid for his paintings. I mean, uh, the CIA probably was secretly funding Diego Rivera. No, that's, oh. that, the CIA didn't exist at that. That was time. the FBI. The FBI. Yeah, was that was that. the FBI. They were funding <laughs> Diego Rivera. Uh, Frida Kahlo was getting mad FBI money. To <laughs> no, FBI was not funding any art. I don't think. There's a bunch no. of lunkheads. Uh, really yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to do a show and redo all the shows that depict anyone in the FBI. I've been watching a lot of Mindhunter, but just depict them all as We gotta find a serial killer, boss. What do we look in the places that they like the little kids, boss? Okay. All right, I'll depict everyone as a moron, or like the X Files just has David Duchovny as oh, we gotta find some ghosts, Scully. <laughs> and th- this is not a jab at the mentally handicapped. This is they're just dumb people, like in classic cartoons. Yeah, yeah. classic These, cartoons. Just dummies that never just ever dummies. the cartoon punch down, like the classic cartoons of yore that would never yes. punch down ever. Never, they would never punch down. They would never <laughs> depict certain people in a certain way. Yeah, like <laughs> Disney cartoons, you know, like Song Warner of the Bros. South. cartoons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they just de- yeah, they decanonized Zippity Doodah. I saw. Oh, that's uh, that's a good song. Well, you know, even though it is a slave ballad. Yeah. If the thing about your anti-statue thing is like if, if you're that anti-statue, you gotta be anti-Marvel. Uh, I am anti-Marvel. Good. I still like good. it. Good, no, good, good. That's me ripping my hands together. Good. Uh, they, well, of course, I'm anti-Marvel. <laughs> Marvel is the worst. It is. It is military propaganda. It is just since day one. It's it's. Since Iron Man won, they've always uh, Iron Man. received <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Man, but that's a Iron that's Man. a classic. Everyone has done that joke. Spider Man, Batman, Sp- you know, Spider-Man. they're Jew. They're, they're all Jews, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but in Iron Man one, you know, it, it is a big uh, military show. Iron Man like, one. The thing is, Tony Stark realizes the arc of that movie is Tony Stark realizes, oh, Stark technology is being used by terrorists and so making weapons is not that bad how does he solve it by making the best weapon it's the dumbest arc on earth it it's always argues that the only problem with military force is that it's not elegant enough which is you know the drone bomb argument which is like if we go in there do tactical kinetic strikes like iron man you know with his arc reactor Mm -hmm. his super technology 
We can, uh, you know, we can put war down to a science. Yeah, and that's the point of Iron Man. It's always been a gigantic fucking advertisement for the American military and American involvement in Middle Eastern affairs. Iron Man, a private citizen, goes into a warring Middle Eastern country and just blows up a bunch of dudes for revenge. And do you know how much fucking fallout that... It's so infuriating <laughs> Yeah, it's like George Lucas had better takes on war, or at least attempted to. I think with that second Star Wars, the Drone Wars, the the Drone War Attack of the Attack Clerns. of the Clerns. I think mm -hmm. he attempted to have some kind of war message, but it got kind of lost in the fact that half of them were robots. Yes, yes, they were ah, all robots. Good old fashioned, good old fashioned total war. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, total war. Don't Where that's why we need royals to just get us into a state of total war every forty years, make men out of us. Yeah, instead we have just weirdo PMC aristocrats <laughs> just being mm. get into your box and, and don't that fight, box. indulge. Yeah, yeah, we're we're in we're brave new world. We're not. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we're going. We'd all rather be in Hunger Games. We're but going we're brave, all just new in brave new world. Hell yeah, yeah we are, and it's terrible. Huxley, Huxley was right on the money. They're gonna force right us all. On the money. They're gonna force us all to become polyamorists. God damn it! <laughs> I don't. Hell want, yeah! I want to be monogamous. I want to be <laughs> asexual. <laughs> <gasps> That's illegal. That's illegal. No, I just want to watch. I just want to watch and jack off. <laughs> just let me do that. Just let me do it in a corner, hunched over, like a common goblin. So let's uh, let's brainstorm. There's a boiler there. Let's brainstorm what your neighbor is hammering. I'm guessing they're hammering a box to hide bodies in. They hammer in a big fucking coffin. Yeah. A big fucking coffin well, for a, a big fucking Italian. They man. can probably hear you. Be quiet. Oh my god. That's no. That's all right. I don't care. They're ruining. They're ruining the podcast. <laughs> Everyone has a podcast now. It's great. They're pro they're probably hammering for their podcast. Yeah, they're doing. It's the Hammer Podcast. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Hammer Podcast. Uh, today I'm hammering with a size 24 hammer. It's got a yeah. a wooden handle. Um, of course, uh, I only hammer with wooden handle hammers. Wouldn't handle uh, Yeah. This is different from the 36A model, which uh, is used <laughs> primarily. Uh, you can see it used on the set of suits if you look hard enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm the pop culture guy. I talk about hammers in pop culture. You can hammer in the and morning. I, and I'm from Boston. Ah, <laughs> oh, Boston. How's Boston doing lately? Haven't checked in uh, on the city of Boston. Boston's strong. Oh, shit. Still? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's my new character. It's it's Mark Wahlberg, but he just started reading. He started reading Das Kapital, and he's called Marky Marks. <laughs> uh, uh, oh man, they're, they're, they're taking the surplus value of our labor. Uh, capitalism is a vampire, bro. Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, did you notice? Did you discover it? I didn't notice before. Mm. Now he's he he'll never. He has his Wahlbergers. Yeah, but he's incredulous. What if we're not paying our workers enough? I just thought about, you know, how they're really contributing the most labor to us, even though we're like the idea men. Bro, we're just the bro. owners, right? We're not producing anything. Bro, she's just trying to unionize. Bro, what? <laughs> oh, awesome. Bro. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I've been reading a lot about this UG Debs. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you saw on Twitter. I can't commit to leftist Wahlberg anymore. When the NBA did its uh, two-day strike, did you see all those calls Wildcat for a, strike. a general strike? 
that was like now yeah we need i don't a i don't think the nba no can we need a gen- now it comes to general strike Okay. I mean, that would be cool if we could do if see the problem with it. We need to memeify it, like the Area Fifty One meme. It's impossible. A general it's not strike impossible. is impossible right now. We need to create the perfect meme. Oh, we need to. They, that is what mobilizing a general strike is, after all. I mean, I was trying to create a meme today of uh, you know Washington crossing the Delaware, except it's Boris yeah. Johnson's face uh, <laughs> for. T- just trying to make some spicy Brexit memes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to piss off. I gotta piss off the fucking turtles up there in England. I don't know. What do you call limeys? It's a Is way to piss off name? both Americans and British people. <laughs> Bojo yeah, crossing just be the like, Delaware. Boris Johnson is the British version of General George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, is, he is hilarious looking. He's like if you brought a spitting image puppet to life. That guy it was made to be. He was the man who would be king. From the very moment I saw him, I knew that he would be eventually leading England into a brave new era. Well, uh, I mean, they're still doing, I see, see in today, they're, they're on their eighth attempt at Brexit negotiations. <laughs> I mean, they've done it. They've done Brexit, but they're still negotiating the deal, and they may end up with no deal. And I think they have until December 31st. So they... uh, they'll just extend it. Ah, oh, that'd be so lame. I want. Then, no, you can't get Brexit done. It's it's a Gordian knot. You just have to do. The only way to do it is to do no deal Brexit, and then you just take the L. That's the only way you have to do it. You just got to slice through the Gordian yeah, nut. I want, Otherwise, you're fucked. I want the no deal Brexit. I want it. No to deal Brexit. England is fucked. <laughs> no, no, because then it benefits. It'll benefit you, too. Because then it's not England is fucked. It's like, oh, Eng- we, England has to make a trade deal with Canada and America, and it will be good for us. Mm. And we will benefit. Oh, we'll be getting Cadbury's for real cheap now. Yes, we will. We'll get, we're getting lorries. Yeah, re-commonwealth. We get- I think we've talked about the re-commonwealth before. <laughs> oh, I would love to re-commonwealth it up. Uh, return to kings, re-commonwealth, yeah. dark souls, medieval times, going back, cyclical times, tech castles. We're going back. It's tech castles. It's it's yeah. it's medieval technology. That's going to be the new trend. And we are anachronistic we're, medieval things. We'll have neo. But they have you're going to have neo feudalism too, with the with the, with the stonks and the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. printing money like crazy, mm-hmm. and everyone with the you know I think the Federal Reserve is is basically begging for universal basic income at this point to solve the the debt thing that's going on because we have mm-hmm. more debt than actual money right now, mm-hmm. and so the mm-hmm. way to to and the reason why inflation won't happen with UBI is ingenious. Because we have more debt than money. So when we do UBI, most Americans will just take the money and, and pay off some debt with it. So it won't cause inflation because nothing, there won't be goods for money. It'll just be like, okay, now I can pay down part of my credit card. Ah, oh, cool. That's I love how just everything is nothing. Right. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I just like how we made this system up, and we can just artificially, like, we can just divide by zero, and then everything is fine. It's going to be very funny. The fu- the yeah. future of the economy is very funny. Uh, it turns out monetary policy is just uh, you know it's just nothing. 
It's just built on sand. We can just say it is something else now, and then it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is, that's why, like, the incrementalism arguments are always sort of weird to me. It's like, no, we, we can just radically change up our monetary policy and have done before, and it has, uh, it has worked out. I mean, I think eventually it leads to some bad things, but way down the line, and we won't be alive. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Black pills. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> pills held black. Yeah. It's gonna lead to a war, but that's okay. We'll just beat China at their own game. Mm. And what is their game? I think it's known as Go. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Uh, the, uh, yes, China's game. What is China's game? Uh, take over Africa. Uh, uh-huh. Get and, all the resources. Uh, the same game as the new boss. Same as the yeah, old I boss. Yeah, I think their ultimate game is try to have a, you know, you know, eventually become the world's economic power. And like, uh, but, but why? What motivates Xi Jinping? Um... I was seeing that maybe his motivations are somewhat personal and that he had family that were horribly treated in the Cultural Revolution. And so his. Yeah, he got sent out to the farm in the Cultural Revolution. And like, I think his like parents were fucked up by it. And so part of his motivation is like not letting China return to such a state. And so it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not even that he has an end goal. It's more just like the fear of and desire to keep China from disintegrating into something like that before to prove that it w- that his parents were not killed in vain, basically. Mm. So that's Fear it. of a Mao planet. Right. Uh, see, I like it when they have personal motivations yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it's see, scary. I, see, I love... That's what makes Trump such a compelling character, is his psychology is so interesting. And that's what people speculate on the most, is, you know... Because it's very easy... With a lot of people, with the question is, you know, what makes a man start fires? With someone like Mitt Romney, that shit is inscrutable. You know, Mm -hmm. he's just like this religious quant blank slate guy. But with Trump, because he's a uniquely emotional political figure, it is easy to speculate on why he does the things he does. Either because of his intense daddy issues or because of, you know, some hole in his heart or some sort of spiteful vindictiveness. It makes him human in a way that other presidents are not. Like, I can relate to Trump. I can't relate to Barack Obama. What's your take on Trump calling uh, the troops losers? They are losers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. Do you think he really said it, though? Wait, when did he say, when did he call the troops? What is that uh, he, he didn't want to go to the war memorial in France, and he said it was because it was raining, but it was actually because he called them losers. <laughs> and and some 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 guy named Jeffrey Goldberg who who manufactured consent for the Iraq war with lying articles in the past has now come up with come out with this article <laughs> saying Trump called them called the troops losers. Uh, uh, you know, it's obviously the a, are losers. It's obviously a ploy to get the military not on his side somehow. Whether or not he uh, actually said it, I mean, I think he probably said something close to that. Well, did you see those poll numbers, which shows Biden now roundly beats Donald Trump in military votes? Yeah. Where before, but, um, which I, people were saying it's significant. I don't think it's that significant. I don't think uh, I mean, military is that much of an influential voting block, especially, not, yeah, you know, spread not, out over all 50 states. They're not that big. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, 
indicative of the military's perception of Trump. I, I mean, because a lot of it was he got a lot of military support because of his uh, populist sort of uh, blink, if, uh, you know, squint your eyes and you'll almost see like an anti-imperialist sentiment where he's like, ah, I'm going to get you boys out of the war. You know, Iraq war was a terrible mistake. Should have never been in there. And, you know, there is a lot of sentiment of that in the military that feels that we are frivolously deploying troops to places and so he won a lot of people over with that yeah I mean, and I then of the, course the of course he class, didn't deliver the officer yeah. class will not be pro-trump but the rank yeah. and file i think are probably pretty pro-trump yeah but now not not even because you know he promised them more benefits you know he said mm. trump fixed the va trump did not fix the va well he, he could not. if he's smart he'd turn that into like well the democrats stopped me but they won't be so lucky next time have I told you about my VA theory? Uh, no. I think it should... I've told you my VA... My bullshit VA theory is that if there were to ever be, like, a Democrat House and Senate, you know, together at the same time, they should really focus on reforming the VA, especially with respect to universalized healthcare. Just, like, dump tons and tons of fucking money into it. Because the VA is how, like, a lot of, like working class Americans first experience their frontline experience with universalized healthcare, because that's what the army is supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, erect a systemic system for you to profit off of, uh, you're laying your life on the line because now you get protected by it. Mm. Um, so because it's, a the, you know, a person's frontline interaction or a person that would normally be opposed to universal healthcare, because you know they fit into that demographic, which still yeah. very much appreciates capitalism. That's close or to how I appreciate sort of. This that's capitalism. close to how I would implement universal health care, which yeah. is making the VA great and then making yeah. national service mandatory. Yeah, and then boom, <laughs> everybody has health care because everybody's in the military or doing national civil service, and the VA will also there'll be a you know corresponding thing for people in the civil service. And that's pretty, uh, yeah. that's European of you. Oh. And Israeli. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. But uh, America, yeah, should that be, is... America should become like Switzerland. <laughs> A big neutral place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it already pl- prized itself. If there is no difference between, you know, Nazis and Antifa, it is already supposed to be Mr. Neutral Place. We should have each state should we should just make Oregon just give it to the Nazis. Dude, Portland. Just make it a Nazi state. You did can you party see, there. Did you see the video? Make of it the, Nazi Israel. Did you see the video coming out of Portland last night of the guy on fire? No, that's cool. An- like a like a Antifa, 90s music. Antifa video. threw a Molotov cocktail and then some idiot ran decided to run through it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so now I'll think Trump retweeted a video of an Antifa person just trying to get his legs not on fire anymore and yeah. he, i think he it was a one-word tweet sick <laughs> <laughs> i don't think these riots are gonna drum up that much uh that much sentiment that much pro-trump sentiment not stuff that he already has well they need to i think stop like a lot having of people, people get out of it stop having people die that will be that would be great if they could stop if people could stop shooting people yeah I but you know it's like uh, I don't really care about the protests because it's like uh, you know reaping what they sow and whatnot. Okay. Once you lose your legitimate monopoly on force, you know this is what happens. Shouldn't have killed all those black kids. 
shouldn't yeah, have but, done you it know, in the but, first place. But no, we don't. We want to stop people from dying more, arguably. So yeah, they need. Oh uh, yeah. Well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to go out to a protest to a guy like looting with a bat and be like, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> you could. You could. I know. Fuck that shit. That's some narc shit. That's some snitch well, shit. Well, you don't. No, it's not. If you just go and be like, "Don't do that." If but if you were to videotape it and then get them arrested later, that would be narc shit. Yeah, that would. Don't be some do narc that. Shit, snitch shit. But no. uh, yeah, why is there no? Str- I think I also think it's because the the issue with BLM is it's very loose, but it also unfortunately I think has succumbed somewhat to commodification of dissent land where blm is a very marketable message yeah and you know it it it, it gets perverted and used in order for capitalism oh, to yeah. serve up people a are woke brand people are making a lot of money off of selling shirts and t-shirts oh. and and hats with you know slogans on it every time another person is killed you get the cash (laughs) register goes off and there's a new shirt with another name you can print on it that's such a grim but you know usually they're going towards bail funds or something like that someone might be skimming something from overhead but uh let's hope they're going to bail yeah okay but you bailing out people like that was arrested um in manhattan last night this a son like a there's this daughter of a Manhattan real estate agent who was arrested for um, uh, $100,000 worth of vandalism in Manhattan. I mean, the not <laughs> the protests are, are given a bad That's look. cool. That's cool as hell, though. Fuck Manhattan. Fuck that shit. Let's return it to the 70s. Yeah. Joker-fied. That's a web. We're, we we're bringing Joker-fied. back the warriors. We're getting joker We're bringing back the warriors I, I i wish there were where were the the end where are the anti-joker movie people right now because this is <laughs> this is we've gotten too jokerified <laughs> scott adams was very <laughs> much scott adams. that legendary scott adams movie where he's like the joker is the most persuasive movie it is persuading everyone you think todd phillips you think todd phillips is sitting there oh he's really <laughs> Start a cultural revolution with this Joker-ass movie. He did. Look what happened. Maybe he was. Maybe Todd Phillips, there was a a metric to his design. Look what happened. Before we didn't have violent riots, then came the Joker movie, and now we have violent riots. Exactly. Nothing else happened. Nothing else happened in between. Nothing else happened. It's going to be, the new timeline is uh, uh, PJ and pre-J. Yeah. Dude, the timeline... (laughs) Post-J and pre-J. The timeline a thousand years from now is going to be basically like a movie came out and then america fell apart mm-hmm. <laughs> uh sort of like uh what was the last movie where everything fell apart mm-hmm. well like war of the worlds wasn't a movie but mm-hmm. the radio broadcast made everything fall apart for a short bit i think that's pretty cool yeah i mean i don't it's clear it's obviously not not a thing that happens so mm-hmm but the narrative might be i don't know we just have to get rid of the internet uh, completely and then right. and then we'll be okay mills we'll all be millers yeah we'll all live near rivers and it will be a grain based society and we will eat grain <laughs> we will eat the grain and we will be very fat from our grain consumption no we just have to get rid of the internet completely just completely get rid of the internet the only people allowed to have the internet are like people who are doing hard science I think, well, it's funny, I was thinking about company towns recently, and I was thinking about, you mentioned the NBA Wildcat strike earlier, 
And sort of what allowed a lot of the early labor movement to thrive was the fact that the workers all lived in uh, close proximity to each other. So not only were they work friends, but they had free time after to discuss things with their co-workers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the NBA Wildcat strike, you know, happened when all of these NBA players were living in the same hotel. So I think there is something about uh, labor movements thriving when people are geographically proximate to their labor cohort. Yeah, you're talking about a community? Yes, a community <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, we don't have and that. We haven't had yeah, that. Yeah, because of the internet. Precisely because of That's the internet. That's why I want because... to get rid of the internet. So you, if you yeah. want to go talk to someone, it has to be someone that lives near you. Yeah. And then you can... I think that is the... And then because you share a materialist interest in common, you can generate your own politics from the ground up that way. Yeah. I think we we underestimate the the value of geographically proximate associations. Oh, yeah. We... Uh, I uh, uh, was it Guy Debord that talked about psychogeography? No idea. Okay, I don't know much about the situationists, but uh, sort of a vague idea is that. Oh, he is just the situation. <laughs> Mike, yes, I, many a joke has been made about Mike the situationist Sorrentino, <laughs> nice. where he's like <laughs> quoting Guy Debord and talking about uh, abstract French shit, but in a Jersey Shore voice. Remember Jersey Shore? Oh, yeah. Getting drunk on wine and hair gel. <laughs> that, uh, my favorite fact is, do you know what Jersey Shore was called in Japan? No. Macaroni Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best thing uh, of all time? <laughs> perhaps they will let me in and then no one else. Japan. Ah, oh, I wish to live there. Go to Nihon. Become Nihon man. I was trying to learn... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do Duolingo Japanese because I'm a big weeb. Yeah. big fucked up weeb. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm uh, doing the same with Danish. Ah. Ah. <laughs> that's what you want to learn in Danish. The la- Kierkegaard? The, no, no. I just want to live there. Oh, oh yeah. De- De- Denmark's pretty cool. Hell, Why not Denmark? Hell yeah. It's cool. Yeah, little, become a water person. Little, They're all water people. Little very primary colored row houses that are very tall. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. There you anyway, go. what you learn in Japanese and on Duolingo? Yeah, well, not really, but just, you know, you ever just futz around with Duolingo because yeah, yeah. you're bored? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was uh, learning, uh, learning some hiragana. Of course, then and Duolingo will send you emails for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, they'll they'll guilt you. Do your do your language exercises. Or we'll fucking rape the owl. We're gonna <laughs> rape the goddamn owl. Oh man, uh, that's what they should do. They should send you like they should send you envelopes with like ears in them. <laughs> yes. That's my language. If you, if you don't learn this language, we're coming for your kids. <laughs> We'll kidnap your daughter if you don't keep it up. Well, one thing I learned is that Danish is hard. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's very. They got hard. vowels. They got all sorts of vowels. Well, all vowels the letters. Never it's heard of weird because all they have all the same letters, but they're pronounced differently. So I'm like, whoa. Yeah. H is pronounced. <laughs> G is like. How <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you're not. It's it is actually. <laughs> Oh, the and so room. Danish ends up sounding like <laughs> It sounds like backward Swedish 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Real fucking fuck the Danes is what I'm saying. Fuck them Danes. It would be sweet to live there. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. Maybe not. Everything's expensive. It's conform. Yeah. It's very conformist. If you're not conformist, if you don't want to conform, then it's not cool. And there's societal pressure to conform and danish conformists and it's kind of like i don't know and like in you know in germany like when it's this is different but it's i think the same in denmark you kind of have to like decide what you're gonna do and then do it and then yeah the gym the gymnasium system that's crazy in germany yeah it's very it's very restrictive it's very like uh but they like it they like pick a path and follow it yeah well it suits the german mind (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Spicy take there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Germans, you know. Yeah. Germans. I make fun of them. Can't generalize, man. Can you get offended? Is it does? Will a German get offended if you're like, you are stereotypically you are known to be humorless, rigid, and robot-like? No, Germans in are Germans are pathologically non-offended now. They have they have gone through. Some. Well, a lot of them, but some of them still carry the torch. Yeah, I f- yeah, I guess there is a uh, sort of the what is it, the AFD? Yes, there's those guys. There was recently a QAnon rally in Berlin, oh, right. which so was thirty-eight thousand strong. That's so funny. With, like, yeah, I'm so glad that they are um, in in with the new religion, mm-hmm. the new cult. QAnon is really. It is really the closest thing we got to a new spiritual movement. Yeah, it's badass. Complete with chants. Where we go one, we go all. In the absence of God, we have Q. Yeah, they have to set up some temples, and then they can become tax-free. Someone should clue them mm. into that. <laughs> you can start making a David lot of money. Miscarriage. Yeah, you can start making a lot of money. Those, those two guys in the Philippines <laughs> that run it. They should come back. <laughs> Those guys are very <laughs> ugly, hilariously ugly. It's like a it's like a Monty Python character in in heavy fright makeup. What is that guy's name? Watkins. <coughs> Jim. J- Ian Watkins. Jim. No, Ian Watkins no, no, is the Jim, guy that raped the baby. Jim Watkins, I thought, is the name of the guy in the Philippines. Jim Watkins, but his name is spelled weird, like G Y M E or something like that. Jim Watkins. Mm, no, it's just Jim. Jim Watkins. He lives in the Philippines. Yeah. He runs Eight Chan. And he is like by uh, by all evidence he is Q. He's the guy doing the Q drops. His IPAs have been associated. Right. His I um his um what are those things called? IPs, just IPs, not IPAs. <laughs> no, no. He, he's not yeah, India he, Pale, he, he Internet mo- Protocol Ales. He's um he's suspect number one in terms of being Q. It's either him or he knows who it is. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the trip code at one point changed and it was like I don't know. There have been who knows. There are multiple. I mean, uh, the multiple Q theory. I'm into. I think that probably makes a sense. It's probably just a network of guys that have access to the same like uh, internal VPN or something. Do you like think that. it's a CIA honeypot for the to find the crazies? Uh, no, I think it's a group of ideologically committed pedophiles, mm. which is weird because it's anti-pedophile, but it's the ultimate psyop. Yeah, might be. Might be pedos themselves. Yeah, I think if mm. Q were real. Wouldn't Q himself probably be a fed- pedophile can trying to control your mind? Like, if you believe in conspiracies and trust no one, then why would you trust Q? You know, I mean, but that's not the logic of conspiracy theories, right? I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I should listen to that podcast that's about it, the the QAnon podcast. The QAnon anonymous podcast is very good. I I would highly recommend it. It has a lot of information. Yeah, I'll probably check it out later. Uh, but what's cool is how it's what's sad is how like cool the original founder of 8chan is. Uh, no, and, no, not cool. The little guy, the little weird guy, the little yeah, he's, he's not he's, cool. He is osteogenous. He's he, cool. He also what's, lives in the Philippines. To, so, no, he doesn't. Yes, he's he, normal. No, he's a normal guy. No, 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 he's not a pedo. No, yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Wrong. He's, no, wrong. he's not good. No, he's fine. No, he's not. <laughs> he's fine. He was just a 4chan. He was just a weeb. That's the you worst mean, thing you, you can accuse him of. You talking about Hot Wheels? Oh, no. That's his alias. No. That is his alias. Okay. That is his own alias, and he is not cool. Why is he? Give me an example of him being not oh, cool. Hold on. Oh, because uh, he wrote for the Daily Stormer. There you go. <laughs> what? Okay, that's bad. Supports voluntary sterilizations of people with inheritable genetic conditions because his his according to him his entire life is a nightmare. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a different perspective. He's on a it, Nazi. You know? He's a Nazi, so he's not cool. He's a bit of, is he a Nazi? I thought he was cool. No, he's not cool. Okay. He's not as bad as Jim Watkins. Okay, that's but good. you know. Well, he he's a lot. He figures they interview him a lot on the QAnon Anonymous podcast. And he seems whatever whatever traits that he had once before, he seems to have abandoned them. Yes, he says he has become a Christian and ceased to believe in encouraging sterilization. <laughs> okay, whatever floats your boat. However, you get to it. I mean, there's also some people who think he might be Q. Maybe he is Q. Um, Maybe it's the whole double. He's block. a free speech guy. Yeah, but he like he he was a free speech guy, but his experience with eight chan soured him to it. Yeah, because he saw what happened. Same thing happened to Moot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it showed. Yeah, the ideological commitment, the experiment of four chan failed conclusively. That unfettered free speech inevitably leads to this in, incredibly powerful campaign of misinformation and repetitive imagery that uh fascists can abuse yeah or at least is conducive to like well is it be- uh, is it ideologically molding somebody is it better is is the american version better where we have like a f- we we proclaim that we have unfettered free speech and then the cia just dis- like disappears you no i don't think it's i don't think it's better well it is better to some degree to some because degree there is. is some you yeah because you do they do root out the clan However bad America was, they did start rooting out the Klan eventually, you know. Yeah, well, if you and, if you believe the media now, the Klan is now just just the police. Yeah. Well, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Some of those that burn crosses. But, you know. Are the same that work forces. What do you think about Bernie saying we should just try to pay them more to attract better people? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Strengthening cop unions is not... Well, he didn't say to strengthen the unions, but just to raise the pay of officers so we well, attract better quality people. I think that people. actually there is something to that. I think it would involve... I don't. I guess raising the pay would be good. Demilitarizing is, is huge. In Canada, cops are, are paid fairly well. I think cops are pretty bad in Toronto, but... If we're comparing them to American cops, yeah, no, there's no comparison. It's way better on all fronts. 
even though they do just as just as uh, horrible things, they do it less frequently than American cops. And I think a lot of that has to do with the higher caliber of talent that they attract mm. because they have better pay. Yeah, I think but better I think pay it's, yeah, it's not just a problem with better pay. It's also like a, a culture thing. I, it's uh, this really subjective... You got to be careful with that because that's the... that's When you talk about crime, you can't use that argument because the, the argument with crime is that it's caused by poverty, not the culture. And that if you just made people less poor, they wouldn't be committing so much violent crime. No, I, I think it's both. I would think it's like because there is a veneration of, but I don't think there there's a systemic and a cultural cause always. You can never you can never extract both of them because they feed into each other. It's an Ouroboros. Yeah. The the social the social environment informs the economic environment, informs the bureau bureaucratic environment, and it all goes in a cycle. So um it's yeah the the fixing the structural part of it i think that's the easy part where it's like talking about uh you know taking away their fucking tanks uh putting more money into mental health programs uh and uh giving them better pay incentivizing them to be more careful but there are other systemic problems too which is just a total lack of respect for in internal or external review um, yeah, we need Democrat to, Ronald Reagan to come break the police unions. That, <laughs> that's a really, yeah, some sort of, I, I mean, police unions are so weird. It's so, uh, they just operate in this whole level outside of the labor argument because police are the labor busters, but they themselves are laborers. So, you know. They're, um, they're turncoats is what they are. They're like Seath the Scaleless from Dark Souls, who so envied the everlasting stone scales of the dragons that he joined Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, in his uh, uh, vengeance and conquest against them. Here, you got to skip the lore parts. The lore is the best part. The lore is like the, of <laughs> the fuck you talk the about. The only game with good lore is Morrowind. <laughs> Where it's all like... It's all like Elondril was caught in a river and lost his pants. Can you retrieve them? <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings is funny. Yeah. Uh, it has created so many so many memes, so many tropes. Uh, like Elondril, the name Elondril. What if all of just fantasy language was just this ersatz version of Welsh? Right. That's That's it. It's Welsh and a bit of Norwegian in there. So everyone is called Ariafer Ari or Forfafir or Murabor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Mr. Jones, the, the Welsh explorer, the Hobbit. The Hobbit Jones. Fucking Welshmen. The greatest men to have ever existed. Wasn't there supposed the to be an Amazon Lord of the Rings thing? Yes! Hmm. I don't know. I, I, guess I don't all, know why they're doing it. I guess that. all production on stuff has gotten halted. Yeah. Did you see Hey, you know one? <laughs> did you see the the trailer for the new Batman? Yeah, what did you think? Are you mixed mixed Bleh. opinions? Are you excited about Batman? Have you ever been excited about Batman? I mean, I was excited about Batman in the year 2006, Dark Knight. Um Batman Begins. But I didn't like those movies. I liked the Batman comics, but I didn't like the Nolan movies because I thought they were really badly edited. Um, yeah. But yeah, I used to like Batman. 
I told uh, Caitlin that there was going to be another Batman. And she was like, what? <laughs> another, ba- another Batman? Another one? Another one? <laughs> so soon? Yeah, I mean, they really pooched it with Batfleck. Oh, boy. But, I mean, he seemed... Robert, I like Robert Pattinson. I just feel like anytime you do, oops, you do Batman, it's like kind of bad for your career. I don't think anyone has done Batman and then gone on to have like better career. Uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. What? What has he like? What is? Has he? Re- oh uh, no! Uh, there is one very important exception to that, which is George Clooney, who yeah. uh, got a start in movies as a result of Batman, yeah. and then you know is now everyone's special little guy. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. For all other examples, uh, Batman has sort of depleted someone's career. It's taken them. It's just. But that's the thing: is Batman and Robin was so bad that nobody associates George Clooney with Batman. That's which kind is, of the only good Batman movie. It is. You're right. Batman and Robin is the only good Batman and movie. Batman movie. I mean, uh... what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, the the one that I go back to the most because it's the stupidest. The one that, uh, yeah, Batman and Robin is the Batman movie that I've watched more than any other one. <laughs> and also, you know, adding homoeroticism, just pure, uncut bat nipple, yeah. bat cup, homoeroticism, fondling balls, Chris O'Donnell, fondling balls, you know. Got Alicia Silverstone because she gotta be not gay, but nah, it's just gay. <laughs> gotta be not uh, gay. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be not gay. Whoa. It was a new video game mascot. It's got to be not gay. <laughs> uh, I'm hetero man. I'm not gay. Uh, yeah, That's my whole thing. Th- I'm not gay. I think Batman's pretty played out. Um, but yeah, this new Batman trailer where it's noir. It's, He's hunting serial killers. And he gets boots that you can get at the store. Are they going to make the this Batman tie into Joker with uh, Joaquin, you think? I sure hope not. I think that would be stupid. Or is Joaquin? I think the a... standalone movie idea is a better idea. Well, there's gonna be because... a Joker too, because Joker one was so satisfying to so many people, because it was like a little bit of a of a commentary. Where... I don't think there's gonna be a Joker two. Yeah, there, I, I hope thought they announced gonna... it. Yeah, I, I guess they probably it. will. Didn't they announce? They it? already announced it. Um, let me. Check. Is it gonna have like Harley Quinn in it? I mean, not the same one for. <laughs> not the same one. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a very, <laughs> a clash of tones. Uh, Mr. J. Yeah, no, he says I'm, he, I'm twitching he has ref- all the time. Todd Phillip has refuted Joker too. He refuted okay, it. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel the better move would just to be get like another Batman villain, just to do like that type of movie, but do Two Face or something like that. Yeah. Or like do another do another movie also where with Joaquin, it's like a well known to just be Joaquin yes. Phoenix is every Joaquin Phoenix is Two Face. He's every different Batman villain. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is Poison Ivy. He is Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same character. They're all just stuttering losers. That... <laughs> yeah. Not stuttering losers. Stuttering working class people. It, no, it's just we don't respect our working class clowns. It's the first ex- ex- same exact first half of Joker, and he gets into the fridge. Except each time he gets out of the fridge, he's a different villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a magic fridge. <laughs> I'm Two Face now. <laughs> I don't know why my Joker impression is John Malkovich, but I'm just going with it. Yeah. I'm the Joker. Look at how funny I am. Ha 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 ha. I forgot. I could do a pretty good Malkovich, all right. 
Do you see what I am doing here? I am an agent of chaos. And you will succumb to my Joker antics, Batman. <laughs> yeah, John Malkovich. John Malkovich should be a Batman. Why has he not been any sort of comic book villain? Oh, yeah. I need him he would in be a comic good as Batman. Movie. He would be. <laughs> he would be very funny as Prepare Batman. Prepare to face my fist of justice. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my parrot. Or he tries to do a growl voice, but it's like, I'm John Malkovich. He can't do it. He's too classically trained. <laughs> I am Batman! <laughs> he just sounds like Marge Simpson or Kamala Harris. Oh, snap. Big announcement Whoa. from the Biden campaign this week. Actually, no, there wasn't. Uh, well, there is going to be a debate, apparently, Thank during the God. end of September. We, we are getting the Trump-Biden debate. Thank God. Which hopefully will serve up some laughs oh, man. as we wander into this dying apocalyptic phase of our current... Uh, political paradigm. Yeah, Trump's gonna just bully the shit out of him, I think. I imagine. Uh, imagine it's Trump's maybe. just gonna be like, look at this I, guy. Look at this guy. He can hardly talk. Look at him. I think he's, bullying Biden is a bad idea. Biden's a good bully. Yeah. I, Listen here, fat. I, I think <laughs> it'll... just devastating. Yeah, I, think it'll, I think it might be one of the most uh, most entertaining heavyweight championship fights ever, you know? I don't. I don't want to hype it in my phrase too much because, like, I saw the RNC and the main feature of the RNC was the fact that it was exceedingly boring. I feel like we're in like to 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 be on the nose. The decline. We are in the ultimate decline of this sort of political movement, which was sort of founded on these fumes of nothingness, on nothing but meme magic, on you know, sort of uh, putting this putting this idea out there that was totally fantastical and now that you see the results you know you can't capture that same magic the thing with trump before is that he was untested he could have done anything maybe his plucky uh you know mr smith goes to washington like <laughs> you know earthy know-how would have proven effective but you know to anyone who's not dumb yeah that was obvious that wasn't going to happen but well, to certain people. I'm finding it very odd how everyone is saying, like, no matter what happens, it's going to be the worst possible outcome. And I'm finding it very tiresome, all this constant pessimism. Yeah, I, I think, yes, Biden will defuse leftist movements. I mean, it's up to it's up to people to try and get universal health care and you got to bully the Democrats on it, you know. Well, I mean, you got to just constantly put pressure on them. A little bit of street um, violence has everybody thinking it's the end of the world. Yeah, no, it's... And there it's, is... The thing about America is that there is street violence without a political motivation every day in every major city. Mm -hmm. And the fact that now we have politically motivated street violence a little bit is not, it's not anything really historically new. And it's nothing no. to, to start, you know... Prepping, you don't have to prep for the apocalypse. Is this the end of zombie Shakespeare? <laughs> Is this the end of America? Yeah, we used to do politics with political riots primarily. We had this shit with fucking Obama. Remember Ferguson? Yeah. Ferguson was crazy. Yeah. It's just, it, it's gonna be okay. New. It's gonna be okay, no matter who wins. It's not well. Yes. It's going <laughs> to be is, okay no matter... It's going to be fine. I believe that. It's going to be basically okay no matter who wins. It's going to be okay for certain sets of people, including us. We'll be fine. I don't... If Biden wins, the police aren't going to start being great. 
maybe they will. No. Maybe he'll be just be like, now, now, come on, man, cut that out, all right? If Obama just couldn't do out, anything, okay? if Obama couldn't do anything about the police, then why will Biden be able to do anything about? The you see, because Obama, you know, a great guy, Barack, Barack O'Siskel. Uh, but you know he's coming. He's coming at this from like uh, a different perspective. Me, I got an authoritarian. I got a, I got an idea about me. You know, come on, man. I'll just go down there, go to every police union, say cut right. it out. Well, All right, cut it out. I mean, the you know? the president has no authority to do anything about the police. So, no. you know. why would it be better under Biden? I think just because Biden is more predictable. I suppose he would probably rest a lot of his power to, uh, I mean, not rest, he would probably uh, delegate a lot of his power to his cabinet. He'd sort of be like a DNC puppet, essentially. He already is a DNC puppet. Uh, yeah, I mean, Biden is, so, is the safer yeah. choice, I would say, to vote for Biden. But um, you don't have to be super, you don't have to be terrified, I don't think. I, no, and I don't, I, you don't, you don't have to think that. Uh, democracy is ending. I also don't think the the fears of like Trump, you know, doing a Putin like coup. I also think are unfounded. Yeah, I think he's far too dumb. <laughs> I think there is no. See, the problem is Putin is extremely smart, and he has you know an, a cadre of incredibly smart, devious people around him, uh, and he is also willing to use extreme forms of violence. Which, I, you that, know, Trump. That that I don't. Uh, this poisoning. Of Navalny. Oh, the poisoning is bullshit. But he would like early, early Putin. I don't is know like, if Putin did this poisoning. I don't know if he did this. Why this would he poisoning? poison this guy and also Skripal with just enough poison to make it obvious that it was a Russian poison and not enough poison <laughs> to kill them? Also, poison, woman's weapon. You know, Putin would never. <laughs> Uh, He's too misogynist. Poison this woman. I'm just going to poison we'll them. kill him with scimitar. Just enough so that everyone knows it was the Russians, but not enough to kill them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's part of the growing, the, the, the sort of Russia. I mean, Russia, it has been said before that Russia is QAnon for libs, you know. Yeah. It is easier to blame it on this gigantic structural unseen force than it is to accept the fact that the system is nothing. And is built on chaos. Oh, yes. And chaos. all of your heroes and structures and authority figures will fail you. I think, yeah, they need to attribute more to chaos than just to, to the, our Russian adversary. Mm-hmm. With their Sputnik vaccine. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, a Chaos Witch Quelog from Dark Souls, ah. uh, where the Witch of Izalith, she tried to actually create a new first flame. Uh, which is a big no-no. So she ended up accidentally blowing herself up and creating a land of demons and monsters uh, from which all chaos springs. And, you know, all of her daughters became spider ladies. And this is uh, Mario versus Rabbids? This is Mario versus Rabbids. <laughs> uh, very deep lore. <laughs> very deep lore. Getting deep into this lore. Uh... <laughs> I call my boyfriend Lore because I'm deep into it. <laughs> you should get a boyfriend named Lore. The, that's the name of Data's evil brother from Star Trek. She got a robot it's boyfriend. Lore. You what you should get is one of those. Uh, you should get one of those real doll, real dolls. Have that you're, you're right. Put, get, you're right. Let's, real dolls. Let's get a good. real doll on the pod next time. <laughs> Ask it questions. Just have dead air. Yeah. <laughs> Be funny. Shh, I can hear it. And we just we we say interesting, and we just fill in the we fill in the blanks. Yeah. 
And we, we just wait. Well, let's do it right now. Let's just wait for three seconds. Oh, and so your father took advantage of you is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Did we talk about Phantom Thread last pod? We did talk oh, about Phantom okay. Thread, but let's talk no, about no, it again. No, it's just my favorite, to make it's sure. my favorite movie. It's not. Do, 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 do. We didn't talk about the ultimate piano riff that Johnny Greenwood invented for it, which goes. Do, 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 did he do, do the music do, do, for do, Phantom do, Thread? Do, 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 bling, bling, bling. What? Did he do the music for Phantom Thread? Yeah, Johnny Greenwood, my man, Johnny wow, Greenwood. That's so you know, funny. Radiohead. Radiohead's not that bad. <laughs> um, aren't they do? And his music for Phantom Thread was great because it wasn't overtly stolen from Penderecki. Yeah, well, yeah. But I didn't. I had no idea he did that for Phantom Thread. That's funny. I liked. I mean, yeah. I liked it a lot more than the music for well, There Will Be Blood. I gotta tell you. Yeah, I actually know. I really like their There Will Be Blood soundtrack. And Johnny Greenwood is the first to be like, yeah, a lot Penderecki, and I did a Penderecki, I did a Threnody, I did a Threnody for the victims of Hiroshima. It's almost like Michael. <laughs> well, that's a British yeah. Threnody. It's a Threnody. Threnody. Threnody for the victims of Hiroshima. Threnody. I don't know how Johnny Greenwood talks. Yeah, he talks just like Michael Caine, just like all British people. Exactly. Michael Caine. I was thing about him when I was in Radiohead. <laughs> uh, I wrote this on Creep and it was like, Tom, this is bloody shit. <laughs> we should be doing out for a new, uh, a new Radiohead album, right? Aren't they, are they working on one? They're probably, they're always working, those buddies. It's going to be a COVID album. It's going to be called uh, Virus Man. And it's um, going to have Tom York dancing obtusely in the promo material. Well, yeah, it's, Ed O'Brien said a new album will definitely happen. Mm-hmm. But, Great. Uh, but, and I think I'm seeing that they were going to do a tour, but then COVID messed up the tour. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, they can't go to Israel. Did they... Remember that kerfuffle when Radiohead refused to BDS? Oh, really? And people were mad at Radiohead for not BDSing. Some other, I think Nick Cave refused to BDS as well. Yeah. I gotta use I the think... bathroom. You gotta, you gotta riff. You gotta vamp for a second. I gotta okay, I'm gonna vamp and yeah. while Steven uses the bathroom. The thing that I think is funny, I, I do think that uh, that artist should BDS when given the opportunity. I think... Uh, Israel, the argument that people use is that, look, America does just as many atrocities as Israel, so, you know, why not stop touring in America? And I think that is a uh, good point, but what I would argue in turn is that it's not economically realistic for an artist to stop touring in America, while it is very economically realistic for them to stop touring in Israel. And uh, to put pressure on Israel is to put pressure on sort of the vanguard of America's imperial foreign policy uh, in the Middle East, uh, because a lot of the struggles there, especially with our government, come from our positions on Palestine. The fact that we can't, you know, unite with Syria and Jordan and all these countries that might otherwise be amenable to our diplomacy, but because we so f focus on uh, keeping apartheid and Israel together, we uh, refuse peace. We make peace impossible. Uh, and I'm not talking about something like the recent deal with the UAE, where they just throw Palestine under the bus in order to have some uh, vague economic trade deal with America be unproblematic, but really more of something that offers a displaced people and the people 
politically sympathetic to those displaced people. Uh, something more, which of course will never happen. And Steven's back, and my phone is ringing. Oh shit! Who's so calling? I'm just you? gonna turn this off a little. It? My old friend Robin ah. must answer. I'm gonna answer. Let's have her on the pod, on the pod for like the last five minutes. Woo, Robin, you're on the podcast. You've you've guessed it on the last part of the podcast. What you're saying, Robin? We're recording now. Talk about your feelings. Talk about your feelings. <laughs> God damn it! You're ruining the podcast, Robin. Right now, <laughs> right now I feel fantastic. Uh, I'm living life to the fullest. I am taking care of myself. I am engaging in a lot of, you know, not spiritual activities, but eco-spiritual activities. Hell yeah. Forest bathing. Fuck the Irvings. Forest bathing? Forest bathing. Well, Forest bathing. We don't, like the we don't like the Irvings over here. Fuck the Irvings. That's all I'm going to say about New Brunswick politics. Sorry sorry for doxing you. I dox You're in New Brunswick somewhere. That's okay. Let, let us all be doxed. Dox the world is what I say. There you go. Dox the Irvings and go to their houses and smear shit on their walls. I'm a fan of the poop bag myself, but smearing is also a more intimate activity. Schmear. Schmear. <laughs> Talking about schmear. Sorry. It's pronounced. Thank you for correcting my pronunciation. Schmear. Uh, you're always there for me. <laughs> okay, Robin, I'll call you back. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this up right now. Thank you for calling. It's our first call-in guest we've ever had. Uh, we'll see if Stephen can work the audio to make it listenable somehow. I doubt he will be able to. <laughs> All right, sounds great. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye. It sounded great. Don't worry. No audio work right. needs to be needed. There you go. And that was our first ever. Uh, that was the first ever uh, lady we've had on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Well, we'll have to edit that out. And now that I know it's a lady. There you go. We don't we don't hire women. <laughs> hey, well, we don't. We should have Robin back for a full. We should have her back for the metal episode, too, actually, because she is very well versed in metal. Oh, cool. And I would like her take something. Yes. I was listening to a lot more Sepultura. They're so funny. They are very funny because they're like really they're like the Cavaleras are the Bill and Ted of metal. So I was listening to their album Schizophrenia, where the drummer, his toms are completely out of tune. So whenever he does a roll, it is hilarious. And then the guitar player, his for his solos, he's out of tune. And I just love that they're out of tune. And it's because it really feels, you can really get a sense of their personality. Because so, so much metal these days is so sanitized and is like mm. everything is correct. It sounds like MIDI keyboards. Everything yeah. is completely corrected. There are no mistakes. Everything, you know. Like I don't. Yeah, I was listening to Animals as Leaders oh, the other God, day. Oh God! Yeah, and that's like to me that is like I I respect their technical expertise, but it does have that MIDI keyboard feel. Animals as Leaders is not it's... not cool. Um, I saw them live. <laughs> I saw them live once. Um, and it's kind of more impressive live, but it is just yeah. him. It's just him with a guitar and a backing track. Yeah. So, is it? Um, it, it was when I saw him. Sometimes it's not. Okay. Sometimes he hired. I think that was before he sort of blew up, and yeah, <clears throat> and now he has a full band. But uh, yeah, but you know, Meshuggah's like that now too. Everything is fucking perfect, and it's a little annoying. In seeing, there's no point in seeing Meshuggah live because it's like 
it sounds mm-hmm. just like the album. And that's what's great about old uh, Relapse Records albums is the is the nice imperfections. Yes, yeah. uh, I recommend Schizophrenia by Sepultura because uh, just for the Tom sound. It's the official podcast yeah, record. It's such a funny schizophrenia. It sounds distinctive. Yeah. yeah, we're creating a really distinctive drum sound by having a really shitty drum sound. It's good. I mean, because whenever I, I when I did my my little bit of drumming, I would always, you know, pretend to tune the toms and then just make it horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I I recognize that sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's who we should have statues to, is Max Cavalera. That guy never did anything bad. Oh, God, yeah. More musician statues, because the musicians, uh, they don't do anything bad. No, more R. Kelly statues, yeah. is what we're saying. Yeah. How can I, how can I make piss out of marble? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be pretty easy to convey piss. You just have just this tube... You know, with occasional droplets coming. Yeah, but out. how do you suspend droplets with marble? You would, uh, you wouldn't suspend them. What I mean is, you have like little plutes, you know, on the on the tube of piss coming from the penis. I mean, you could actually have the, the marble statue with a fountain coming through it. Like I a, suppose like you could Cupid have a fountain, fountain, but it's yellow Gatorade. We should go around finding Cupid fountains and lab- with a label machine, just putting R. Kelly on. <laughs> this is a depiction of r kelly that would yeah i i like you should vandalize so the funniest solution to the statue problem i heard recently was look we're gonna depict john a mcdonald but we'll just have him punching an indian kid in the face to show what he was really like so you get to have your statue and you get to have your wokeness there you happy (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Public statues, I take your point about public statues being weirdly um, authoritarian in terms of like, this is what we believe and you have to believe it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, well, I think if we have statues, you know, there's a way to, there's a way that art can be anti-authoritarian, which I think, you know, the old tradition of big ass Trafalgar Square public statues, you know, or big ass Roman statues is not really, doesn't really... Uh, it's not really anti-authoritarian art, or it's not really art that promotes um, anti-authoritarianism. Rather, art that encourages you to look at these people as some sort of authority. And while I think you should look to people as authority on some things, I, when you do it this way, it's like, this is the god-man who you should see as an authority on everything, as opposed to, you know, recognizing their flaws. Because, you know, that's, you know, literally a guy in statue. He's iron. He's, he will never change. Did, you know, did John McDonald, there for eternity. Did John McDonald ever win any big battles? If you count, you know, crushing the Red River Rebellion a big battle. Was, was that a native uprising? But, uh, I can't think of any wartime. I can't think of any wartime stuff. You know, I'm sure he, he definitely quashed lots of, you know, popular uh, dissent against him using the RCMP, but... Yeah, I don't think I can't remember any wars that he was a part of at well, the time. I mean, Canada. I don't know much about Canada's founding, but you guys didn't really have. You guys more of had like an agreement, right? Yeah, we just well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the loyalists came up north, and they were like, "We're just gonna chill out for a second. We still like the king." Wait, is his what's his, his first name? Is it John? No, Johnny Johnny McDonald. John McDonald. 
John A. God, McDonald's. When I Google him, it's like a baseball player for the Anaheim Anaheim Angels. That's that's who he was. He was also <laughs> a baseball player. John McDonald. Okay, here we go. Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, fuck twelve. John, <laughs> I heard fuck twelve the other day, and now I can't get it out of my head. Is what? They don't. They don't. Graf- it's an anti-police. They don't slogan. graffiti that anymore. I don't think. Nah, they probably don't. But John A. McDonald. Fuck 12, uh, cut off his statue heads, cut them all down. Uh, uh, my views do not necessarily reflect Steven's views. Fuck them all. Fuck them all to death. Yeah, no, House you know, decline. I, uh, <laughs> I agree with destroying statues of which I'm ide- ideologically opposed, like uh, yes. Saddam Hussein, yes. uh, Assad, uh, um, Stalin, uh, Pol Pot. Uh, Emo Phillips. Yeah. Uh, Lu- Louis C.K. <laughs> ideologically. Louis C.K. statues, all the I Louis am, C.K. statues. I, am, I want to destroy all the Louis C.K. statues because <laughs> I hated him before it was cool, and I took uh, I took flack for hating Louis C.K. when I, I'm, a, I'm a big jerk. When I guy. thought it was stupid that he's just making fun of his own children for a living. I think that's disgusting. My daughter's vaginas. I think he's a disgusting. My jokes are about my daughter's vaginas. Gross. Fake artist. He's so brilliant. Who He's makes like a French filmmaker. Boring My TV <laughs> for people with small brain disease. Yes. And that's House of Decline's stance. Maybe not Addicts. No, no, fuck <laughs> Louis. You know, fuck, fuck his entire oeuvre. I don't give a shit. I can easily discard it. I'm not married to it at all. Yeah. Well. Fuck Louis. Good night, folks. We'll be back next week. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe on the, to web, on the website. Just review us on iTunes. Uh, put on it on the web at www.website.com. www.blowme.com.